This is the last week of the series entitled, Can You See It? I'm looking at truth that is focused on God's presence and what that can mean in, in different ways in our lives and in the purposes that He can fulfill in and through us in a variety of different ways. And as I went through this series and think about it today, I understand that all of those truths, we looked at truth about a meeting of needs, um, your, God, how God will meet your needs and then help you meet the needs of others, uh, impact, He can create an impact in your life and use you to create an impact in the lives of others, of how He can fill you with devotion and there can be unity in Jesus Christ truth about how it is that we need to love others as ourself, a very difficult one certainly at times, how he can equip us and his presence can bring that about to fulfill his purposes, and then what we looked at last week, loving God more than anything else, the greatest commandment above everything, especially ourselves, all of the idols that we put into our lives, and God needs to be number one. We know how difficult that can be, and, and I thought about that, and I thought about how easy it would be to go through a series like that and look at all of those truths, all of those promises, and that's where we end up. We end up when we're thinking about seeing it, we think about, wow, that's hard, that's difficult. So whether it was one of those truths or all of those truths, I, I can't really see it. It just is a hard thing. Or, or we could see it the way that God intends us to see it the reason he gives the truth in the first place. So we can see it in a way that does bring hope into our hearts and into our lives, that brings growth, that brings transformation. Knowing that's his desire and that he'll be there for us each and every step of the way. Anything that we struggle with, any one of those truths. And not just we ourselves alone. See, that's one of the things that sometimes we struggle with, right? We think, oh, you you want me to do all this. You're calling me. And and, no, it's never just you. It's never you alone. God doesn't expect you to do it all. That's why he blesses you with partners in the gospel. People can make an impact in the hearts and lives of God people that maybe you'll never get an opportunity to meet in a different country or a different nation that you can pray for, put before the Lord. We just had a great example of that. Partnerships in your communities where you live to do the things of God, to experience his presence and purpose and here in this community of faith with different people and children and young people. And one of the things that I don't think that we do very well, maybe I should just say me because you're probably way better at it than I am, but to celebrate those partnerships. To understand and know that God has blessed us with each other and then beyond that. I don't know if we do that very well. Part of it because I don't think we see each other the way that we should always as a gift from God. And the things that he desires to do in and through us together. I, I think we struggle with that. Let's just be honest. But then the impact of what that can do and what that can mean for his kingdom. And I think those things go together. Viewing people as partners in the gospel because then we can, we can see a bigger picture 
kingdom things rather than just things that are focused on self. It makes a world of difference, and that's really why, and some of you know this, I don't speak about, I use it the M word these days, about membership. That, that speaks about like somehow, some way, um, people in the church need to serve you or that you're entitled to certain things. I'd much rather look at you as God looks at you, partners in the gospel, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ that he knit together in his spirit and gave gifts to to do his work in ways that, that are greater than what we can imagine, kingdom things. That's God's hope. God's hope for you and God's hope for us together. And I invite you now to look at truth from his word, Philippians 1, verses 3 to 6, that celebrate that. Open your eyes to what it is that God wants you to see today through the reading of his word. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. This is the word of God might be written in our heart, lived in our life. And, you know, as I read this passage and I think about what's going on at the time it's written, um, it, it inspires me. Because Paul could have focused on other things. If we would have read one more verse, verse 7, and then you drop down into the later part of 1 and 12 to 14, where is Paul? Paul's in prison. He's in chains for the gospel. And he could have wrote to this church, this group of believers, and moaned and groaned about everything that he was going through, all of his problems, all of his whatever, and he doesn't. He chooses to do something else. He, he, he mentions it. But he mentions it, and if you read that later on in verse 12 to 14, as, a, as an opportunity. He sees it as a way to continue to glorify God. And that's what he chooses to focus on, kingdom things. And, and then, of course, with the, with the body of Christ as well. If you read this, this whole book, the book of Philippians, and you get to chapter 3, you'd see that they're dealing with a, an issue internally. They're, they're dealing with a segment of the body that's focusing on circumcision, something that was a past practice, something that they felt that was hugely important, so much so they raised a ruckus, tried to split the church in half. But Paul says, no, I don't want you to focus on earthly things. I want you to think on kingdom things. Kingdom things. That's where I want your heart to be. And so he addresses it, but the whole book, if you read Philippians from chapter 1, to the end, you would see that that's where the heart set is at. That's what the focus is at, is on kingdom. I'm being partners in the gospel. They have it, and that's why he has gratitude and joy. That's what partnerships bring. That's what he says in verses 3 and 4. I thank my God how often, every time I remember you, who, all of them, and all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. And I think about that and, I, and look at it and see those words, and wow, wouldn't that be great if that were true in every church in the United States of America? 
that there was always that gratitude and that joy for the partners in, in the gospel that, that people sit down and worship the Lord with each and every day. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be great if that were true? And that there was this kingdom heart and this kingdom understanding of who it is that we need to be. That's why he's celebrating the partnerships in the gospel. Because about the presence of God. That, that's how you become partners in the gospel. United by the Holy Spirit, the gift of God inside. And then the purposes. The purposes. Why does he knit us together to do his work? his kingdom work, to change the landscape of the world today and then for all of eternity. That's a mind-blowing thing. It's great. It's awesome. Partners in the gospel think that way, have that in their heart. That's what they're looking for. And he recognizes that in this church in Philippi, and he praises the Lord for it. It's a great thing. It's an awesome thing. Because he knows that's the heart set of God. Why he blessed them the way that he did as partners in the gospel. A kingdom focus. Can you see it? The reason and purpose for being? I hope so. And I hope you can truly celebrate the partnerships in the gospel that we have here at Rehoboth. You know, I, when, I, when I thought about partnerships in the gospel, and, and you can begin to think of, of different things, but, but I think of how that changes um, the scope of how we see and who it is that we be, Right? When we're able to see each other as partners in the gospel, and we're able to think about then, we're partners in the gospel for what? To do kingdom work and how that impacts our eyesight, our spiritual eyesight. And so just for example, think of this. If you are living your life and you are focused on your needs and who it is that you are, and that's what you give your time to, I want to ask you, what's the scope of impact if that happens and you're able to get what it is, quote-unquote, that you want, or you live a happy, wonderful life. The, the impact, and I know that there's, there's residual ripples, but it's pretty much one, right, when you're focused on self. What about, so think about that now as a body of Christ and partners in the gospel. If they're focused on self, on what the church can do, who it is that they need to be. If they're focused on that, what's the, what's the level of impact? Well, it's however big the church is, right? You're thinking about who it is that you are and what it is that you can do and, and the things that you need. If the church is 50, that's the impact scope, 50. If it's 100, that's the impact scope. If it's 200, that's the impact scope. Are you starting to see it? But what if... What if you were focused on the kingdom? What's the scope of impact then? How many people, if you're thinking about kingdom and you're thinking about partnerships beyond yourself, whether as an individual follower of Jesus Christ or as a church, when you think about partnerships in the gospel and what that means and how that can be utilized, where's the scope of influence then? Who knows? 
And if we outlive that, so, so any, any kingdom of influence that you have, all of the partnerships and relationships that you have, and you go about them that way, that adds to it. Same thing for, for everybody. Do, do you see the unlimited scope of it? We even had an example of that when Patty was talking about prior. How did the relationship with, with my father's house start? Because somebody recognized that they had to think kingdom-wise. They had that in their heart. They took it and boom, there we go. So now you're partners with everybody here, right? It's incredible. That's how God works. Partners in the gospel. He wants you to have his eyes and then to celebrate those partnerships. Do you see them? Open your eyes and look. We were in the slideshow. We have partnerships with the children downstairs right now, every single one of them. I am so glad that Rehoboth recognizes the partners in the gospel that they have with our children. Women's ministry, got a, got a retreat coming up in the fall. Women of God getting together. All of the things that happens to the fellowship, they're much better at it than guys. We celebrate that. Food distribution. Partners in the gospel with people who come, people that you don't know and that you don't see as they line up with people who are working directly with it. What that means, what that does, I don't have enough time for prayers. Praying together. These are people from different churches at the school. Partners in the gospel, knitting their hearts together in prayer, praying for young people and children and ministry, youth ministry. It's on a mission trip. You were there with them, partners in the gospel, doing things, helping them to discover their gifts, a connections ministry, partners in the gospel with that ministry and those teams as people come in that maybe are looking for their lives to how to get it together. You're there with them. Worship ministry, praising God, making an impact in all who gather and beyond that. The songs that they sing, you're there with them. Partners in the gospel, life groups, we're launching them now. Opportunity knit together for people to go deeper in their relationships with each other and with God. Incredible opportunities. I hope you sign up. Community outreach. Different events that we can do in the area. To be Jesus Christ, hands and feet. What does that look like? What does that mean? Who can we touch? Who can we love on? The CCHC, that's the homeschool group that's here every Wednesday now. This place is filled with kids who are learning about God. We're so thrilled to partner with them. The Shurings in Brazil, they're going to be coming on the 22nd. An opportunity, the people that they meet in those villages out in the rain. You have ownership in that, partners in the gospel. Young at heart, the people who gather together here building relationships, spending time together. You have partners in the gospel with them. The fellowship that we have, we had that at our fall kickoff. That's a picture of it. The great things that happen when people eat together, spend time together, partners in the gospel, knit together in the heart. There's so many different things to celebrate. That's just a few. So many ways that that God has blessed us as partners in the gospel. That he's given in, in the past, in the present, and that he will continue to bless in the future. Do you see that? Verse 6, 
that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's the hope. That's the hope. But this is what it's going to take, his presence and his purpose. His presence and his purpose in your heart, in my heart, in all of our hearts. That's what allows us to celebrate one another is his presence, his goodness, his grace. And to be able to do things beyond the scope of our imagination and capability when we join together as one. God's presence and his purpose creates confidence of his continued goodness. Is that not so? If you have hopes in this world, then you have dreams. Kingdom dreams. It's God's presence, his continued presence that brings that confidence in what will be. Can you see it? I surely hope so. There's something that um, I was blessed to understand a very long time ago in ministry. And it's something that um, I did bring with me here and that we have have focused on over the last um, four years. And that is um, a gift-based approach to ministry. And the simple part of that is this. As I step back and I look at every one of you, I know that you have gifts. God did not bless you with the presence of his spirit and leave you giftless. No, you are gifted. When he knit you together in your mother's womb, he gave you gifts, spiritual gifts. There's no sidelines in Christianity. He didn't gift you to come and sit for an hour on Sunday and leave. No, he brought his spirit into your heart so you'd come alive and use your gifts and your talents and your capabilities for him. We have worked through that. We put different systems in place. That's what what Pastor Kathy was brought on board to do. She's done a marvelous job with it. And we have something called shape that we're looking at in the current and present form. We're going to have an opportunity. We're going to launch the spiritual gifts that share that in just a moment. Shape is simply this. It's an acronym. S stands for spiritual gifts, knowing that you all are gifted. God gave you gifts. Do you know what they are? Are you using them? Heart. That's what that's about, heart. How are those gifts being used in your heart? Who are you being with them? A is abilities. So often when we have abilities and skills, it's a natural transition to use them spiritually, turning them and using them as a spiritual gift. P, personality. Who is it that you are? The the way that God knit you together in terms of of your um, competence, your, your, just whatever your personality is, and then E is experiences. So the way in which he's, he's molded and shaped you, the life journey that you've had and how you can use that in ministry, all of those things tie in together for you engaging in being a follower of Jesus Christ who's actively serving the great Lord your God. Today, we're going to launch those spiritual gift inventories. You can do that online. There's an announcement about that in the bulletin. There's a QR code. If you're not familiar with scanning that or you think that's past you, guess what? We have good old-fashioned paper copies right out there. So no excuses for anybody. 
I know all of you know how to take a pencil and use it or an ink pen. Uh, on top of that, um, there's some uh, drawings for gift baskets. It's going to happen in two weeks. They're graciously provided by Casey Kasuba and uh, the Cozy Company, but there's a gift basket there. You can check them out. Great opportunity, but uh, the greatest opportunity, of course, is this, for you to use your gifts and discover. You know, I've had people share that with me. If I fill one out, they're going to make me do something. Well, you know what? That would be the hope. And whenever I have somebody ask me that directly, I say, you know what? You are too, too important. You're too valuable to God to do nothing. You have great worth to Him. He wants you to discover it. Who you truly are in Him by using your spiritual gifts and being a partner in the gospel. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, as I look, I see many. And what that means in terms beyond what it is that we're doing even here in this place. So many partnerships in the gospel that are represented in the sanctuary right now. I hope that we can celebrate them. I hope that we can understand the fullness of what it is that God brings in them. What he wants us to see. Because that will determine who we be. Will you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and your truth. Thank you that we can be inspired by Paul and encouraged your word, oh God, to see each other the way that we need to, the way that you do. That we can recognize, oh God, that even though maybe we can't, someone else can. Lord, to support them and to encourage them, to pray for them, partners in the gospel. I think of the quote by Oswald Chambers, oh Lord. Prayer does not equip us for the greater works. It is the greater work. We all can pray. We can lift each other up and celebrate. Praise you, thank you for the partnerships that we share in Jesus Christ. You are a good, good Father. All praise, glory, and honor to you. In your precious name we pray.